thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad you joined us today for Jesus the Healer. Welcome. We invite you to get your Bible and get your and release your faith while you're at it. Amen. Uh, as we feed on the Word, let's release our faith together in that Word. Amen. We began talking and ministering along the lines of worship because worship is, a, is an act of faith. Yes. I tell you, you can't say you have faith and not be a worshiper. <laughs> you know? Uh, faith uh, expresses itself through one way is through the act of worship. And uh, how many of you know the power of God meets faith? So when we worship, the power of God meets faith and, and worship is an act of faith. So we want to talk about it because it is, it is a very important role in the life of faith. We're to live by faith. And uh, we have to understand the role that worship plays in that faith life. I love something Brother Copeland said, and I guess we could kind of make this our jumping off statement uh, that we go, or our golden statement we keep going back to, and that is when you pray, you lay hold of things. But when you praise, you win battles. Amen. And I tell you, like I said, if I would have heard that statement years ago, it would have kept me from going down a lot of the wrong roads I went trying to get trying to find the exit road out of that difficulty. Um, we're also looking at something that God said to Brother Norval Hayes, who was a precious minister who's now gone home to be with the Lord. But we don't want to let the revelations and the light that God gave through this precious man, we don't want to let it slip. Yeah. We yeah. want to uh, hold fast to it, and it's so important to us. But God said to Brother Norval Hayes, he made this statement years ago. He said, my children basically love me, but they live in poverty and sickness and defeat. Now listen, we're redeemed from that. Yes. Yes. So he's saying that they're living in something they're redeemed from. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on and he helps us diagnose one of the reasons why that is. He said, they don't live in heaven's blessings because they don't worship me enough. Now, the thing we were looking at in the previous episode, what does he mean by enough? It's not like we worship long enough to earn something, right. but we worship long enough for the, the, the anointing to come into manifestation. Right. Yes. And then yeah. the anointing will destroy the yoke. Yes. Right. Amen. Yes. Then God went on to Brother Norval and he made this statement. You're teaching faith and confession. You're praying for the sick, but... You need to worship me more and you need to teach my people to worship me more. I'm their God and they're my children. If you'll teach my children to worship me more, I will do great and mighty things for them. Now see that statement alone ought to set us worshiping, right? Right. 
So we've been taking what God said to Brother Norval and we're breaking it down statement by statement. Yeah. Now, as I said, um, sickness, poverty, and defeat, as he was referring to in this statement, it doesn't belong to us. Yeah. So evidently we're doing something wrong. Yes. We're leaving something undone or yeah. we're leaving something out. Yeah. And worship many times is something that people need to double check. Am yeah. I am I absorbed with my problem or am I absorbed with the one who's yeah. blessed me? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So God said, my children basically love me, but they live in poverty and sickness and defeat. They don't live in heaven's blessings because they don't worship me enough or long enough for the anointing to come into manifestation and that anointing will destroy the yoke. Amen. Now let's go to the next statement. He said, he, God said to Brother Norval, you're teaching faith and confession. You're praying for the sick. Well, how many of you know all that's right? Yeah. To teach yeah. faith, yeah. Right. to teach the role of confession in the life of right. faith, that's correct. And he said, and you're praying for the sick. That's all correct. Yeah. And he said, but you need to worship me more. That's right. So notice this, although faith is right, the confession of faith is right. Praying for the sick is right. None of those things take the place of worship. Yeah. Yeah. They cannot be substituted one for the other. And he said, but you need to worship me more. Then he said, and you need to teach my people to worship me more. Now look at this. Uh, people need to be taught worship. We need to be taught what is Bible worship? What does God call worship? Not do, what do we call worship, but what does God call worship? Because he said, you need to teach my people to worship me and worship me more. Amen. So it's absolutely right, as I said, for these other things to be taught, but not to neglect the flow of worship. Amen. It's easy to worship God when things are in place. But when opposition and unfavorable circumstances arise, there's a temptation to slip into that mental arena and become troubled by what you're facing or trying to figure it out, trying to figure out your help, trying to figure out your answer. But to stay in faith, we have to hold our attention on God and off of our circumstances, off of what's trying to get out of order. Amen. We must hold our attention on God. How do we hold our attention on God? Well, one way is hold our, t- hold our attention on his word. Yeah. God and his yeah. word are one. Yeah. Worshiping helps us to hold our attention on God and his word. Yes. Yes. Worship him with his word. Yes. Worship him for his word. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We must be skillful at continuing to worship God no matter what we're facing. Yes. Yeah. That's right. It's easy to worship God when, when your body feels great. it's easy to worship God when you're in a congregational setting, right? When church is going on and music is going on and different things are going on. It is so easy to worship God. But what about when you're alone? What about when you don't sense the anointing that comes from a corporate setting of faith? (laughs) Amen. That's the time you have to enter into what you're taught. 
That's why he said, teach my people to worship me more because you do it because you're taught what's right. You're taught what the word says. You're taught the power of the flow of worship and you do it regardless of feeling because you're doing it because you know something and not because you're waiting to feel something. If you're waiting to feel the feeling to worship, you're going to rob your life of what that flow will do for you. Amen. And so we're not just waiting for a feeling to worship, but we're taught that we understand the place of worship and the flow of worship in our life. We must become skillful at worshiping when we don't feel like worshiping. (laughs) Amen. Because faith is, is, is to uh, operate and flow independent of feeling. Amen. Amen. Now, being dominated by the mental arena makes life hard. Because the mental arena is Satan's arena. And if people get entrenched in that arena, I mean the devil will work them over. Because he's skillful in that mental arena. That's why he wants to draw us into that mental arena. But we're to hold him in the faith arena. Which is which is the flow of our spirit because faith resides in our spirit. The enemy knows that faith brings the power of God into manifestation. He wants to draw us away from our faith because he doesn't want God's power manifesting because it's going to deal with that yoke. (laughs) Why? Because the anointing destroys the yoke. And so he's got to draw us away from the arena of our faith, which is drawing us away from our spirit. He wants to draw us up in that mental arena so that we're endeavoring to fix our life mentally by what we can calculate, by what we can figure out. Amen. Amen. For it's that arena that's attacked by fear, worry, isn't it? Doubt. All of these things try to gain entrance into the thought life. But as we worship God, it keeps us from being drawn up into the mental arena and holds us connected to the faith arena. Holds us connected to our spirit. Amen. Amen. As we turn away, as we turn from the mental arena and toward our spirit, that's when we're going to be held in peace because peace is a flow of our spirit. The the peace of God will affect your mind, but it does not begin with your mind. It begins with that fruit of peace that's on the inside of you. And when you hold to your spirit, you're holding yourself in the place where these nine fruits of the spirit, and I like to call them nine forces of the spirit because they are not just a feeling. They are a force. And I mean, they are a force greater than any other opposing force. And so as we stay in the flow of worship, it holds us in a place to where our attention is on the right thing. We need help holding our attention on the right thing. And worship does that. You can be going down the road in your car just worshiping God and worshiping God, and it will hold you in the right flow. Amen. 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 Worship is a flow that God gets involved in. Now understand that. God gets involved in that flow of worship. Why? Because it's directed toward him and he'll respond to that. Um, God cannot get involved in the flow of worry. It's not his flow. He cannot get involved in the flow of fear. It's not his flow. Didn't come from him. He cannot get involved in the flow of doubt. He has no part of it. 
So we want to stay in the flow that involves him, the faith flow. And and worship is an act of faith because we're worshiping a God we don't see. And faith is always dealing with the unseen. Amen. Amen. Therefore, worship being a flow of God that he can get involved in rather, worship is a flow that safeguards us from getting into the wrong flow. For people to get in, into the flow of worry, they have to leave the flow of worship. Wow. Yeah. To get in the flow of fear, we have to leave the flow of worship so because good. worship is a flow of faith. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Listen, circumstances that arise in life may be difficult, but faith in God turns every hard thing easy. Right. Sometimes we can look at different situations or circumstances in our life and they can look so entangled, (laughs) complicated, Mm -hmm. like a web, crisscrossing and this and that and complicated. It can look complicated. Nothing in God is complicated. Why? Nothing's hard for God. In the mind of God, in the flow of God, everything is simple and easy. Why? He is the answer to every difficulty. His word is the solution to every problem. Nothing baffles him. Anything that looks tangled, when it reaches his hands, it comes untangled. Why? Because nothing can stay tangled in the flow of his wisdom. Amen. Circumstances may look difficult, but faith in God turns difficult things easy. Now, there have been times that I was faced with certain opposition, certain challenges, and the temptation, and believe me, I gave into it at times. I gave into that mental flow. I got entrenched in worry. Anybody else ever been there? You're just going to look at me and act like you don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) And um, when I did... The Holy Ghost would prompt me and he would say this, the praise cure. Well, what's he trying to do? He's getting, trying to get me in that flow of praising and worshiping God. They're like flows. Not exactly the same, but they're like flows. And uh, as soon as I would start worshiping God, my mind would be bombarded. That's not enough to change your problem. Your, your situation's too complicated. Just standing here and saying praise the Lord won't deal with that. Why was that thought trying to bombard me? It's wanting me to get out of that flow because that is the flow of faith and and it turns hard things simple. And he's trying to say, look how simple you're doing that. You need a hard solution for your hard problem. But every every solution in God is easy. Every solution in God is simple. Amen. Just because it's complicated for man doesn't mean it's complicated for God. I don't care what the complication may look like in your life. It is not complicated on God's side. So stay in his flow. Stay in the easy flow. Stay in the simple flow. And worshiping God helps hold you in that flow so you don't go back to that mental arena and try to figure out your help. Try to figure out the answer. Amen. Amen. 
It does not matter what comes against us. If we will not get give it our attention, it cannot get into our minds and trouble us. Wow. Worship is you already occupying your mind with something else. If you, if you can put the habit in place of turning your, turning your attention toward your spirit and worshiping God, as when you wake up in the morning, when you get up, praise the Lord, worship, I worship you, Father. It safeguards you from that troubling flow. Listen. You know this, there have been times and times of opposition, times of testing, times of challenge, times of difficulty. You wake up and the first thing that comes up is the memory of what you're facing. The thought of what you're facing. I mean, it comes up first thing, just first thing. Will you be first? You be first with worship. You be first with praising, not first with trying to figure out your answer. That's good. How many times have we all, we've all done it, gone to bed, trying to fi- gone to sleep, trying to figure out our answer? Yeah. yeah. Lay there for a while, try to figure it out, wake up in the middle of the night, try to figure it out, wake up in the morning and still don't have it solved. Right. Well, then evidently that doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> evidently, yeah. let's do something that works. Yeah. Yeah. Let's employ the flow of God and worship employs yeah. the flow of God. Amen. 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 Worshiping God is how one of the most effective ways to quickly turn your attention away from the wrong thing and onto the right thing. And what gets your attention gets movement in your life. If our attention is on our difficulty, our problems, our tests, our opposition, it's only going to increase its movement against our life. If you talk about the lack of money, it keeps it from coming in. You talk about how you're hurting. It keeps healing from flowing. Yeah, that's good. You talk about how the problem is getting worse and it keeps the answer out of your life. Amen. 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 So what we give our attention to is what's going to get movement. So it's not real hard. What do we want to get movement in our right. life? <laughs> Let's hook into that flow. And worship is one of the quickest and primary ways to hook into the flow of faith, the flow of God. Amen. Amen. Now we want to look at the fourth statement that God said to Brother Norval Hayes when he spoke to him. He said, if you'll teach my children to worship me more, I will do great and mighty things things for them. You mean great and mighty things are as simple as worship? Yeah. 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 Amen. Amen. God is offering us a flow of great and mighty things. He's offering us that. That's what he wants for us. That's what he wants to do for us. Great and mighty things. So he's offering us, look at this, when he says, I will do great and mighty things, what you might call great will pale in comparison to what God calls great. What you call mighty would look small compared to what God calls mighty. So when he says, I will do great and mighty things, it's according to his definition of great and mighty, not ours. Amen. So our worship is a flow that invites and and opens the way 
for great and mighty things wow. to happen. If great and mighty things are offered us, why would we sit here and say, no, I'll take the small and piddly things? No, no, I don't want the small piddly things. I want great and mighty things. Do you know that the plan of God for your life is great? Not because you're great. His plan is great. Why? Because God never planned anything but great. God didn't plan, oh, this is less than great. I planned that. That doesn't represent his greatness to plan something less than great. Amen. We're aware that it's not us. It's him. It's not our greatness. It's his greatness. Amen. So look at this portion. Again, I want to read what God said in this fourth statement to Brother Norval. If you'll teach my children to worship me more, look at this, I'll do. I'll do. I'll go into I'll go into action. Mm-hmm. I'll go into operation. God longs to do for his children. Yes. He longs to. Yes. We're not having to coerce him, talk him into it. Yes. He longs right. to do yes. for us. Yes. Yes. And that flow of that flow of faith opens the door to God and worship is an easy, simple yes. act of faith. Yes. Amen. And it's worship, therefore, is an open door through which God can work great and mighty things. Amen. He will do it if we have faith enough to worship him. Faith enough to worship him. God performs great and mighty things for worshipers. Decide, decide, I'm going to be that. I'm that person. I'm that worshiper. Worshiping God enables our spirits to receive great and mighty things. Now listen to me. There are some people who will say, it's not hard for me to give. It's hard for me sometimes to receive back from people. Well, I understand, I understand people saying that. I personally never had that problem. <laughs> Because my thought is if they can have it, why can't I have it? Not because I'm worthy of something in my own estimation, but because my thought is if God will do that for them, God will do that for me. And to be generous this direction towards someone, but not able to receive in a generous flow is still poverty. You can be generous towards someone and not generous toward yourself, and that is still poverty. Wow. That's good. Amen. Amen. So it's generous this way toward others, but also generous toward yourself to where you can receive. And so people who have a problem receiving, they need to have their hearts enlarged to hold more. Because really they're they're limiting what they'll lay hold of. They're limiting themselves. And so worshiping God will enlarge us so that we can receive more. Uh, When when I have three grandbabies, and especially when they were littler, I have candy jars, you know, in the hospitality room here at the church. And um, when they were little and they would come in and... uh, their mama didn't have the same doctrine about candy that I did. <laughs> I, my thing is taste and see that the Lord is good. <laughs> and so, you know, she'd let them have some, but I'd let them, if a little bit's good, a whole lot's better. 
That was, you know, my approach. And so they would come in first thing Sunday morning and I'd say, hurry quick before your mama gets in here. <laughs> come in here, put something in your mouth and then put your hand in there and, put, and get, you, get you a handful, put it in your pocket, put it in your bag, put it somewhere. And I'd watch them, their little old hand, you know, all it could do was grab maybe three pieces. And I'd go, wait a minute, let, my, let me get my hand in there and get you some real supply. Yeah. Why? The size yeah. of my hand determined the quantity they could lay hold of. Their smaller hand could only receive a certain amount, but an enlarged hand receives more. Yeah. Wow. Amen. Amen. Yeah, amen. We can uh, enlarge our spirits to receive more. Yeah. If we talk about we never have enough, you're keeping the capacity yeah. limited. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I want to read something to you. What worshiping God enlarges your capacity. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you can't spend time with God and stay restricted. Yeah. That's wow. Stay limited. It takes limits off of us. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Psalms 119 in verse 32. Listen to this. It says, I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. By just doing his word enlarges our capacity yeah. to yeah. receive from him. Being a doer of the word. Yeah. Now, I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 3, and this is a different translation. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19, and this is the Doddridge translation. Listen to this. It says, I wish you more enlarged apprehension of it, that so you may be filled with all the fullness of God, your expanded hearts being dilated, more and more may be rendered capable of admitting larger degrees than ever of divine love. And more ample indwellings of divine consolation till at length you arrive at the happy state in which you shall attain to a full perfection in the knowledge and enjoyment of God. (laughs) Oh my goodness, there's so much in that. We may have to read that one again in the next episode. So you're going to have to come back. This was talking, Paul was talking about the love of God that you would be able to receive more. He's letting us know that if we can receive more of the love of God and our love can grow, what happens? We're enlarged to hold more and to flow with more. Well, even so, worship will help enlarge us. Why? Because you can't get in the presence of God and worship and spend time with God and live restricted and small and limited because you'll partake of his grandness, his greatness. Amen. Amen. Smith Wigglesworth made the statement, I'm a thousand times larger on the inside than I am on the outside. Amen. Amen. He just kept responding to that which enlarged him. Amen. Amen. We've been teaching out of this book, Worship. We want you to get your copy of it. It'll be a blessing to you. Go to DufresneMinistries.org and let us know that you want your copy and we'll get that right out to you. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In Nancy Dufresne's book, A Supernatural Prayer Life, 
you will learn how prayer moves the plan of God forward. As we take time to pray in the Spirit, clarity of His plan for our lives comes. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our annual Holy Ghost meetings in Marietta, California, January 6th through the 11th, 2023, with Nancy Dufresne. We are also excited to welcome Kenneth Copeland and Richard Roberts as our special guests. For more information, please visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.